begin, uh, before I introduce Dawn, by um, sharing one of the joys, one of the gifts of being the, uh, the body of Christ, of being the church, being a community of faith. A lot of ways that we talk about that is, is the things that we can celebrate together. We certainly take time like we have uh, this morning and every week to lift up prayers and needs and, and share with each other the struggles. But there's also great moments we can share, celebrate just, just wonderful opportunities and, and great joys. And he, he, he just ran off stage. But I want to share something with you. I meant to do this last week. But uh, I just, just because I think it's really cool, honestly. Uh, I, how many of you have been to any of the, uh, the national, the Broadway tour shows at the Straz Center in Tampa? How many of you have been to the Straz? Okay, a few of you. If you haven't, it's a magnificent place to go. But this week, if you had gone, the, the touring uh, production at the Straz this week has been Chicago. And if you went, and some of you I knew do, know do go, and some, even a few of you have season tickets, if you were there this week, um, when, when the curtain opened, John, would that be the thing? When you were on stage, when the curtain opened for the natural, national touring production of Chicago, John Godfrey was on stage playing in the production in this band. And uh, I just think that's awesome because I don't think there are many churches that can say their worship leader can do that. So maybe that's not pride and I have to repent of that. So... Um, but, uh, but that, that's, that's cool. John was, has shared with me and maybe told you that when those companies tour, they have their, their musicians that tour with them, but they also hire local musicians um, and not just any local musicians. So, again, congratulations. He's got two performances today. Two performances today. So um, that's, that's awesome. Now, another celebration today. Uh, that leads into this time of our worship as we uh, culminate uh, what has been a, a really an intentional focus in, in many ways on Stephen ministry this month. We do this every year, and you have each week, and I've talked about this, our Stephen ministers, they're always active. So to say they've been active is, is redundant. But they've been active in, in our worship services by ushering and greeting and serving communion and just being very intentionally visible uh, in the ministries through this month as we've really wanted to highlight what they do in serving Christ and, and serving the church. Uh, in your bulletin this morning, there is an insert that, that has the information about Stephen ministry. And, and this is my, my challenge to you. Take that home. Don't just kind of discard that. Because you may be in a place right now where you think, well, I don't really need a Stephen minister, or I don't know anybody that Steve's, needs a Stephen minister, or I don't feel called to that right now, and that's okay. But I would encourage you to keep that handy, keep it visible, because that day may come where you do, or somebody, God put somebody in your life who does. And having that information handy and available to be able to share is a gift. And so I hope you will, you will do that and you will keep those. But as part of this, uh, many of you remember last year, as, as we celebrated Stephen ministry, uh, Don Karras, one of our Stephen, newer at the time Stephen ministers, came and shared with us and, and brought the message that morning and did an incredible job. And so I asked her, and the Stephen ministers asked her on their behalf whether she would do it again, and she uh, graciously has agreed to. So it is, it is my privilege to introduce Don to you. Many of you know Don. Don is, as I said, she's a Stephen minister here. Uh, Dawn is also a certified lay servant through the United Methodist Church, so she's been through a lot of um, ministry training for opportunities like this. Uh, Dawn's also part of our leadership team here at the church, so she serves uh, involved in grief share. She's just involved in a lot of different ministries here at the church. 
uh, not even to mention the most important calling of her life. I think, I, I'm saying this on her behalf, maybe I shouldn't, but is as a mother to Lily and Oakley and a, and a wife to, to Craig. So we're, uh, we're excited to have Dawn. So I'm going to kind of get out of the way and invite Dawn Karras to come and share with us this morning. Good morning. How many of you remember the Etch-a-Sketch? Oh, thank goodness. Okay, now, how many of you know where the Etch-a-Sketch was made? Ryan, Ohio, you got it right. Woo! Where are you from? Okay. I was born and raised in Bryan, Ohio, and so the Etch-a-Sketch was kind of a part of life there. My brother used to work for the Ohio Art Company who made the Etch-a-Sketch, and I was thinking about the Etch-a-Sketch as I prepared for this sermon. Um, how many dials does an Etch-a-Sketch have? Two. And if you just move only one dial, what do you end up with? Straight line. Can we have that? Okay, a very straight line. What if we add the second dial? What might you get? Kind of a, not exactly a slant. You might get stair steps. I made a lot of those. When I got really good, I made something like this. Yeah, I spent a lot of time getting that good. But I was thinking about this in terms of relationships. And, and problems, and often when we're on our own and we're thinking about a problem or an issue that we have, we're wearing blinders. We, we really can't see left or right, we're just stuck. But if we add a loved one, a person that we trust, into that relationship, they can help us see the stair steps, they can offer other opinions, and maybe our picture ends up this good. But what then if we add in God, God's skill, God's power? We become Christ-centered. And supposedly, this is really something that someone made on an Etch-a-Sketch. Now, that far surpassed my ability, but that's kind of my point. We add in what God can do, and we can make amazing things together. Um, life is a journey, but I think it's made sweeter by sharing it with others. We moved about two and a half years ago down here from Ohio, and it was a tough move. I had left behind the church, admin, uh, the, the church that I was from, the little community there. Um, school administrators, now that may be something funny to miss, but I missed them. I volunteered there. I could count on them for my kids. I knew where my kids were and that they were safe. It was tough to leave. And then there were the neighbors, a couple of whom that late at night when you realized you thought you had a bird in the basement, which turns out to be a bat, and your husband is gone on a business trip, you can call in the middle of the night and say, help, and they'll come over. And so I was leaving them behind, and that was tough. But then I came here, and shortly after that move, I found this home. And whether or not we have officially met, or we have been in a Bible study together, or on a team or committee, whatever it is, 
people have been involved with um, Sunday School and VBS and, um, uh, let's see, the, the food pantry. I'm not involved with that, but by being a church, we are a family and I get to share in that even though I may not be directly involved with that. So thank you, because life is made sweeter. And in fact, we have singers and musicians here that are just wonderful. And, and the only singing, the only note I can hit is a sour one. And the only thing that I can play is the radio. But I appreciate the gifts that they bring to me. So Jesus, too, hung out with a bunch of people that you wouldn't think would make life sweeter. He hung out with the broken and the sad, the sick, the lame. Doesn't really sound like something to make life sweeter, does it? But then I realized that's us. At some point in our life, that describes us. And we need people who are willing to share life with us. One of the highest and best ways of expressing our love for God is by demonstrating his love tangibly to those around us. That means getting involved in the messiness. So let's turn now to Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, and then 8 through 10. But God's mercy is so abundant, and his love for us is so great, that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It's not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. God has made us what we are, and in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. God has created us to do good deeds and prepared us for it. But the thing that really got me there was about good, um, was about boasting. We are not supposed to boast about our efforts. But then I had to research. And boasting can be found in Romans. So if we turn to Romans 5, 2 and 3, it tells us what we can boast about. He has brought us by faith into this experience of God's grace in which we now live. And so we boast of the hope we have of sharing God's glory. We also boast of our troubles. Hmm. Boasting of our troubles. I wasn't so sure about that one either. So I had to think about that one. Now, there's a difference between boasting and complaining. How many have ever heard of a complaint? Do you know one when you hear one? We're pretty good at those, aren't we? Either ourselves or others. Okay, so I want to do a boasting in God's glory. The first time in my little church back home that I was mentioning that I was supposed to give a sermon, I was well prepared but I was so nervous I couldn't breathe. And I found you can't talk when you can't breathe. Not a good combination. It felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. And I thought, I'm not gonna get through this. But the church bell rang and we processed in as was our custom. 
we went up to the altar and the group who was leading worship, we bowed before the altar and because I was so nervous and I was trembling and I was about to fall over and I still couldn't breathe and there were lit candles right beside me, I decided I should lay my hand on the altar. And when I did, this power, this surge came into my arm and I knew for the first time ever that that was the Holy Spirit. I was in the right place at the right time with the right message. I didn't know how I was going to say it, but I knew God was with me. I made it through the sermon just fine, but I couldn't have done it on my own power. I didn't have it in me at that point. The Holy Spirit was there with me. I'd like to say the elephant got up off my chest. He sat up a little. I could breathe a little better, but I knew God was in control. So that's the difference between the boasting and the complaining. But to go one step further with the Holy Spirit, someone asked me several weeks back now, just before church began, hey, how, what do you think about illumination? Illumination? I don't was my flippant answer. And I saw the kind of heart, hurt look on their face. And I thought, oh, I blew that one. Okay. I thought for a moment. And I said, well, I don't really think about it. But if I had to define it, I guess it would be the light that comes from within us that shines outward. It's the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like the light bright that Pastor Chris talked about a couple weeks ago. Thank goodness he didn't talk about the Etch-a-Sketch. He would have blew this sermon. <laughs> but it, it's that light that shines from within that others can see, and they can identify that it's not really us. It's something greater than ourselves. Um, so let's go back to Romans, 3, or Romans 5, 3 through 5. So we're boasting of our troubles because we know that trouble produces endurance. Endurance brings God's approval, and his approval creates hope. This hope does not disappoint us, for God has poured out his love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit, who is God's gift to us. God gives us this wonderful gift, and it is through the Holy Spirit and through God's gifts to us that Stephen ministers answer a call. Uh, James 4, 17 says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Well, we often think about the sins of commission, the things that we know we shouldn't do, but we do anyway. But there's also sins of omission, things that, that, that we know we should do, but we don't. It's easier not to, kind of like public speaking. But we are called, Stephen ministers are called, and we decide to answer that call in one way or another. And Stephen ministry is one-to-one -one Christian, Christ-centered, remember our Etch-a-Sketch drawing? Christ-centered caring. We're there to listen, we're there to encourage, we're there to pray. 
we, get, we meet with our care receivers about once a week for about an hour. We do a lot of that listening, a little bit of talking. We do a lot of praying, not always with our person, but always on our own. Sometimes people aren't open to prayer. Maybe that's not something that they can identify with yet, or they're angry at God, and that's okay. We'll get there, but we don't push. Um, we also do many other ministries within the church. Stephen Ministry has done hospital visitation. We do the grief share program, which is for those that have lost a loved one. It's a 13-week program. Um, we have the time to remember that we host once a year, and it's for um, that anyone who's lost a loved one in the previous year or two, and it's to honor the memory of that loved one. We make phone calls to your home if you've been absent for church for three weeks or more. It's not to bother you. It's to say, hey, we're a grow growing church, but we're still a church family, and we've noticed you're not here. Are you okay? We send out um, cards and books for those that have either lost a loved one or maybe been in the hospital or sick that we become aware of. The prayer cards that are in your seats, if you fill those out and you request someone to be praying for you, Stephen ministers pray once a day for two weeks for that person on the prayer card. There's others that pray for you too, but that's one of the things we do. Um, we serve as communion servers at the 8.15 and 11.11 services on the first Sunday of the month. And we have a Stephen ministry cart. We have books available for purchase or for loan, or for you just to talk to somebody out there. And then we participate individually in many other ministries within the church. But why might you request a Stephen minister? Or might, why might you recommend a Stephen minister to someone? Well, maybe you're new to the area like I was and feeling lost. It just so happened that about a month after I started coming to this church, the signs went up for Stephen ministry, and I got that nudge that God's so good at. Um, maybe you've lost a loved one. Or maybe you or a loved one has gotten a medical diagnosis that you don't want to face or deal with, but you know you're going to have to. Maybe you've just sent a child to kindergarten or to college, and that's a struggle. Maybe you're facing a difficult relationship or a divorce. Maybe there's financial concerns. There are so many reasons why you might request Stephen Minister and we're going to show up. And I want to address something that I've heard in the past. Stephen Minister as rent-a-friend. There's a difference. There's a difference between a Stephen Minister and a friend. And here's the difference. Back to that chess sketch again. We are Christ-centered. Whether or not you want the prayer or you want to talk about God in the relationship, we're talking on your behalf. In addition to that, we receive training on good listening skills and that kind of thing. But have you ever experienced this? Uh-huh. Yeah. What'd you say? 
It's common. I do it. I'm guilty of it. But when I'm your Stephen minister, that's not going to be what I'm doing. I am paying attention to you. You are the only thing in the room. We are listening. We are tuned in. Um, we receive 50 hours of initial training on those good listening skills, on confidentiality, remaining non-judgmental, being process-oriented, trustworthy, reliable. We ask you a lot of questions that you can think about. We don't have all the answers, but we're going to bring Christ into that relationship. So, maybe you're thinking of becoming a Stephen minister. Maybe you get that nudge. Or maybe um, you know of someone that you think could use a Stephen minister. Maybe it's you. How do you get a hold of us? Well, you can call the church office and let them know. You can go to Stephen Ministry at parishumc.com, shoot us an email, we'll get a hold of you. Or there's a blue card in your chairs. And halfway down to the right, it says, Request a Stephen Minister. Put a check mark in that box, put your name on the card, put it in the offering baskets, and we'll get a hold of you. Or you can always find us out at the cart. So we're here in the congregation, and we're waiting to hear from you. And sometimes it's just a conversation, and that's okay. God calls us, and then he equips us. But we have to be willing participants. We have to say yes. He won't force us into anything. But if we say yes to him, our lives are made sweeter. And on a personal note, having been a caregiver, as we say, or a Stephen minister, I came from a rather loving home, but we didn't express it. We would never say, I love you or give each other hugs. It's just not what we did. But I've had care receivers pray for me. They've given me hugs. They've said, I love you. You talk about humbled and enriched. I have received so many blessings from meeting with these people who are supposedly the ones struggling, and yet it's my life that has been touched. So there's an old country song by Travis Tritt. Here's a quarter. Call somebody that cares. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, we've spent about a quarter of an hour together. There's someone who cares. So after the service, there'll be some Stephen ministers up here. They'll pray with you if you'd like. Or they'll be out through the front doors, and you can just talk to them if you wish. But reach out, call someone, we're there. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gift of Christ, your Son, who you didn't spare, but you gave for our sin. Help us be willing participants to say, yes, we hear you calling, and let us reach out to each other in love to sweeten one another's life. Thank you for your Son, dear Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Don. I was just thinking about that image of Jesus and the disciples there, that the Etch-a-Sketch image we saw, the familiar image 
Jesus with his disciples in the upper room and that, that night that we celebrate each week that we worship together, this meal that we celebrate. And knowing that as Jesus looked out on those disciples, he would know that they would need his Holy Spirit. That's what this meal is a reminder of. It's an experience of that, that grace of God at work in our lives, the presence of God's Holy Spirit. He knew that those disciples and each of us would need him. But I also think what he knew is that they would need each other. That as the ministry would begin, as their lives and their service and their, their living, their faithfulness would begin, that they needed to be able to depend and support and to love each other. And that has always been the call of the church. That's why we're here. Look around the room. You know what? Here's what I can tell you. You need the people around this room. I need you. We need each other. And that's a part of the gift. And, and as Dawn has shared with us, the way that we live that out, the way that we live out the support and love for each other is the way that we express the love of Christ at work in our life and we live out that Holy Spirit at work. So that's our... That's what we remember and celebrate in this. We remember that Jesus, there with his disciples, and, and wanting them to experience something that would remind them of his presence with them always. He, he takes bread, and he gives thanks to God, and he breaks it. And he gives it to him. and he says, this is my body. When you eat this, when you experience this, when you receive it, this is my body, and it's broken for you. And every time you eat it, do it, in remembrance of me. And then he takes the cup. And he, again, he blesses it. And he gives it to him and he says, this is my blood of a new covenant, a new promise. It's been shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink it, every time, do it in remembrance of me. And so let this be an active time of memory for us, of remembering and internalizing and receiving this promise. Christ is with us, and Christ is at work through us as we care and support and love each other, as we be the community and the church and the body that he's called us to be. So friends, let's pray. Gracious Lord, bless for us these gifts of bread and, and juice, that for us they would be the, the body and blood of Christ, that we would be reminded we're called to be the body, to love, to care, to live your grace, to support each other. We're called to do the things that Jesus did. That's being the body of Christ. But as the body, we are a people that have been redeemed by your blood. And so, so Lord, make us and draw us close with Christ and close to each other in ministry and service to all the world. And, and Lord, Help us to be faithful to that call upon our lives until one day we will enter your kingdom. One day we will forever share this meal at your heavenly banquet. And so we give you all glory. We give you all praise. And we do it now and forever in the name and to the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And let the people of God say, Amen. This time